on the viewpoint. Let's talk now to Ms. Ashley Finn, economist and social investment associate at Oppenheimer Generations Philanthropies. The business of the day is this, and I'm just going to read this short citation, after which Ashley and I, as well as you at home, will participate, please, in an economic-centric discussion. The South African Future Trust released a report titled From Survival to Opportunity Through COVID-19 and Beyond. The report is an analysis by Oppenheimer Generations Philanthropies and the Brenthurst Foundation on survey data collected from SA Future Trust's SMME loan holders. It reveals how it reached, how they were impacted, and offer insights into the future of SMME sector in the country. How resilient are SMMEs is one of the questions hopefully we'll get an answer to, in as much as we are going to probe the question, how vulnerable are they to shocks such as changes in regulations and unrest, for instance, as experienced in July? Was the trust able to secure jobs for employees in these SMMEs? Are SMMEs optimistic about the future? This having been incepted in March 2020, the SA Future Trust has supported small businesses throughout COVID crisis and remains committed to accelerating economic growth and job creation in South Africa. Probably the two most important competencies and outcomes for this government in this time. Economic growth, job creation, so much more of South Africa's challenges will be attended to by just those two developments. Ms. Ashley Finn, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Job creation, job growth, economic growth, acceleration, a particular focus on SMMEs. What would this mean, especially at this time for South Africa, if we could get this right or get it a little bit better than what we are currently giving out as numbers and programs? I think for a long time in the discourse, SMEs have been considered the engines of growth. And so if we can get it right, if we can change the ecosystem, the impact that we could have is enormous. They create many jobs, they absorb lots of low-skilled labor. Um, And if we can get capital to those businesses to help them survive and grow, we really could see some really positive shifts in our economic growth, especially our inclusive economic growth. Where are those indicators? Where is perhaps the pooling of resources required or changes or adjustments in policy even for the purposes of growing SMMEs? What particularly remains the bane to South Africa's growth in that space? Sure. Um, Well, from our research, what we can see is that access to finance remains a constraint, even in the pre-COVID times. And given shifts and um, shocks, economic shocks, changes Mm. in regulations, political unrest, what businesses have signaled to us is that they need the most is access to working capital and access to grant capital. That's what our report found. Mm. And um, a lot of what we've been seeing as well is a combination of non-financial as well as financial support. And so having a tailored approach as well to give businesses the support that they've indicated that they need would be really helpful. Yeah, as you were speaking, I just thought of CETAs. Surely some of the work CETAs in the country generally do, sector education and training authorities, particularly targeting and designed in mind with SMMEs and the skills base that should be producing the kind of economic output and productivity required for the nation's development. 
has there been a reference at all by the businesses to how CETAs could be better used? Or are CETAs in any way contributing to some of the contributions that you're coming through as reports in terms of what remain challenges in working with the small businesses and the students or the young apprentice people? Is but between these three parties, the business, the CETA, and the skill, is there a contribution that says perhaps this could be better utilized or better returns are yet required, but for reasons A, B, and C, we are not getting those? Sure. Well, I can't comment, in, comment for the CETAs, and our report didn't cover their involvement. Um, I think much can be said to the type of skills that are needed in SMMEs and to have better matching functions uh, to those required. Um, I'm sorry, I can't give you a more rounded answer on that. Um, but yeah, it really is. We are looking at, we were really looking at our loan um, our loan holders in particular. Very well. Let's talk about the loan holders then. Let's talk about the fact that also some of them are suggesting that they might need more space to grant. So let's engage then the question of small business development. I mean, recent until recently anyway, the minister was Kumbuz on Chavini. And this having been started in March 2020, for all of the life of this SA Future Trust, she was that minister until recently. Has her department, to the extent that your research allows you to tell us, come through to the mm-hmm. party, have the end users, the SMMEs themselves, benefited optimally in an environment where if ever there was a time for them to benefit optimally, it would have been in the last mm-hmm. 18 to 20 months? Sure. So I can talk about how the SA Future Trust came about in particular and its response. So it was created not to respond to the minister, but to respond to the crisis and to provide working capital for businesses in the time that they most needed it. Um, Oppenheimer Generations Foundation, who gave the initial uh, donation, saw that there was a gap and saw that because SMEs were so important and particularly that that their employees would bear the brunt of an economic crisis, they stepped in there. Um, And and so that's, that's the area of focus for us. Okay. Talk to us then, please, about the SA Futures Trust, the last, I mean, since 2020 March to now. What are we picking up? What is some of the IP that is important for us as South Africans generally to understand? And more especially for those who are SMMEs out there, what are some of the, what is some of the knowledge that is coming through that could be shared so that perhaps we can galvanize each other as SMMEs, if you will, to make better returns of the economic climate as it is, stifling as it may be? Sure. So from our research, we found that we we didn't set any gender targets, uh, but we reached a significant number of women owned businesses. And we know that from from the research literature that women owned businesses, you know, they better at repayments. Um, they from our research as well, we saw that they had higher number of survivals in comparison to their male counter- counterparts. So there is that gender lens that needs to be incorporated. But there's also a sectoral lens. A lot of our loan holders came from the services industry. And when we looked at the markets that they were serving, it was really those local communities. So those small businesses that people interact with, you know, be it a hairdresser, your pool cleaning service, your local mechanic. And so those businesses don't require, initially don't require large amounts of capital. They need very small ticket sizes. However, um, many lenders find that too expensive. And so there's a gap in this innovative financing space that needs to be filled, um, which is something that we could look at in the future. 
some of the 3,000-odd respondents who came through with you guys in the course of this research, 50% or at least 50% of them said that they only accessed the SA Future Trust loan, and that was the only relief they reported to have taken up. And now, this is a private initiative, and there have been quite a few that we have heard coming through from the public sector. Why would they not have, if you like, accessed the publicly available funds for the purposes of ensuring that their businesses survive, certainly, if not grow within the context of COVID-19? What might be attributed to that? Sure, I think there's both supply and demand factors at play here. So from the supply side, you know, there could be highly bureaucratic processes that are very compliance heavy. But from the demand side, while many people, well, many businesses applied, they might not have been eligible. Um, And in some cases, what we can see is that, you know, they did apply for for other funding. And then because they maybe unlocked an SA Future Trust loan, they used it as a holdover until perhaps TERS kicked in. So what we can see is where SMEs were applying to many, many places and where they were able to apply and where they were accepted, the relief was taken up. But the gap between the relief applied and relief accepted is quite large. And I think it's both those push and pull factors that are having an effect there. Let me quote you here. Another interesting finding is that while the SA Future Trust loan was available to qualifying SMMEs with an annual turnover of less than 25 million rand, micro-businesses with fewer than 10 employees and a probable turnover of between 5 and 20 million made up nearly 72% of the loan holder respondents. So clearly small businesses here small to medium Mm -hmm. businesses were seriously affected and they needed this cash. It does dovetail in many respects to a conversation I had with my previous guest who said where the change needs to happen, where the real boost in the economy needs to happen and take place Mm -hmm. is in the small to medium business sector. And I think that's that's a truism. Everybody agrees with that. But the fact that it is not happening is probably the Mm -hmm. nation's biggest concern because that's where economic growth takes place. That is where job creation takes place. And just those two indicators in this country, the numbers are not good, are not good at all. From this enter- from, from, from this exercise then, where do we go to? What are our next moves? What do we do as a society to change these figures, to change these numbers, to go to the SMMEs and ensure that they survive if not thrive? Sure. So I think it really points to that point I made earlier um, of the majority of our respondents coming from these small community businesses. And small community businesses, their capital requirements are very different to sort of medium or larger enterprises. They require smaller amounts of money. um, And because that requirement is there and because lending those smaller amounts becomes incredibly expensive, it's something that needs to be looked at. Are there different models that we can incorporate? Are there different finance products that we can use, um, such as purchase order finance, equipment finance, working capital, things that we are really meeting the needs of those micro businesses and allowing them to grow from a micro businesses into a small, into a medium, and then into a larger enterprise. But we really need to be accessing that capital that they need, that bespoke financial support that they need, which I think we're severely, severely lacking um, at at the moment. Can we actually elaborate on that point? Because I think that is an important point. I am a strong proponent of not necessarily always going through 
one process and one system. And of course, capital, mm-hmm. capital, cash is king. It always has been, it always shall be. But more especially when you're living in such strained economic times, perhaps a bit of innovation mm-hmm. and invention here and there. Non-financial loans, mm-hmm. non-financial interventions, non-financial ways of ensuring still you support the businesses. It's just not cash. What are those things, more especially in a very different economy, that is a COVID economy that we are experiencing now, surely there are things which are not cash-based that can yet yield, if you like, some relief for SMMEs. For instance, there are so many buildings owned by public works in this country. They are not being occupied. They are not being occupied optimally in the event that they are occupied. So where SMMEs are paying rent, for instance, you could just literally plug them in in those public spaces, public property under public works, for rebates for six months, no rentals. Those are things that are non-financial loans or rebates or injections for SMMEs. What else can you tell us that perhaps South Africa is primed to look at going forward as a more sustainable way of support to SMMEs? Sure. Um, So currently maybe, and I think it lands quite nicely, is that the SA Future Trust does have a phase two and is working with smaller firms to provide non-financial and non-financial support because what we've uncovered in our research is that um, Lots of people said that they are ready to invest, but that they can't find businesses. And then businesses say that they you know, are seeking investment, but can't find investment. So there's this mismatch. And what we see uncovered is that, um, while that, that example that you used of perhaps you know, rent and, and physical infrastructure, there are other things that businesses need. So maybe they just need a little bit of um, financial management, for instance, or marketing support, access to Uh, back office services such as HR and legal and accounting and just having a space to access those maybe in a common pool that would be really helpful for SMEs especially at a discounted rate for them to gain the skills Mm -hmm. to gain access to people I think that is something that I can I I see cropping up in the ecosystem um, quite and I'm quite encouraged to see that because Mm. I think a lot of SMEs don't have the resources to get those services. And if they can, it would really help, um, you know, help them in their strategic direction as well as on their work path. It's quite counterintuitive to believe that or to even have occasion the mismatch between the requirement for those who have the funds to distribute them and those who need the funds in accessing them, that there would still be the discrepancy that you made mention earlier of made mention earlier on. For instance, I'm an SMMEs. I have incentive to find that money. I am a distributor of those monies. It is a core competency, in many instances a KPA, because within this financial year, I must have disbursed an X amount of money to SMMEs, and I must prove to have done so. And yet there would be this discrepancy where they can't find each other. What might you attribute that to? It just doesn't make sense, more especially when there's so much pressure on this money to be where it belongs, in the hands of SMMEs doing the work so that it can eat into Mm -hmm. the job creation numbers that we currently do not enjoy, and as a consequence, the economic growth that we currently do not enjoy to the extent we should. Sure. I think um, I can't talk for a lot of programs, but I can talk for the programs that we fund, and we are currently funding four programs. And... What is coming through is that 
when looking for businesses, it's businesses are perhaps not at the right stage of intervention. They don't have the necessary resources, just typical resources. They don't have the financial know-how to know to give the investors confidence that if money is deployed, that it will be used strategically. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't get the investment, not at all. That means that they need a little bit of training first. So we need to, there's two things. We need to identify those businesses, make sure they're in the right stage. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing things. And then make sure that they are ready to receive the investment. And if they're not, how do we fill those gaps in their business to make sure that when they do receive the investment or the capital injection, they can use it in the most strategic way possible to grow their business. Final question then. What can you tell us insofar as it relates to the loan repayments? Because sometimes that invites a bit of trouble for all parties concerned when the loan against the contracts and everything else is not coming back the way it has been promised or at least agreed to. What can you comment sure. on so as it relates is... to defaults and patterns that you have picked up with the study? Sure. So this is a five-year interest-free loan, so it is a bit hard for me to answer that question. The loan is also subordinate to all pre-existing debt. Um, so we will know those, those numbers in 2025, which you might have to call me again for that. Um, but we are seeing some businesses, we, we know from the COVID-19 crisis, as well as the unrest in July, that it has a really large negative effect on those businesses and they have closed. But I can't comment yet about the, uh, the extent of, of the default rates. Uh, but we, we know that there is some businesses, but we've been very encouraged to see that many businesses are very resilient. And some have um, started repaying small amounts back. And some, I mean, they need that wiggle room to try and grow and survive. So we are we are patient in waiting for those loans to be paid back. And and those who have since folded and have yet benefited from the loan, what can you say in so far as it relates to those obligations that remain outstanding? I think we need to consider those on a sort of a case-by-case basis. Uh, we don't want to put pressure on those business owners and on those SMEs. Um, as you said, the Future Trust is just, is just a year old. And so... We right, right now we're focusing on our businesses that are still operational and ensuring that we give them enough room to pay those loans back. You guys are doing great work. Since March 2020, SA Future Trust has supported small businesses through COVID-19 crisis and remains committed to accelerating economic growth and job creation in South Africa. Your work is arduous, but we do pray that indeed you meet, if not all, certainly the majority of your work because everybody knows South Africa needs this, especially in support of a growing economy to support lives, to support people, to sustain families. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 2125, one more conversation to go.